I'm trying to do a radio program. I'm trying to do the Russell Brand show. Yeah. <laughs> radio X. This doesn't sound like a thing that's true. Russell Brand. <laughs> radio X. Hello. Welcome to Desert Island Discs. I'm Kirsty McCall. Uh, coming up on the Desert Island with me is uh, who do you want to be, Matt? Um, <clears throat> I'll be. What do you mean? What like? Well, like I guess up? someone would would be on it. Like some know. scientist you could be. It's uh, so a scientist. I've got a scientist know. here who invented test tube babies. Now, what the hell were you what thinking? To test tube babies. Some don't do it anymore. Be, got out of fashion. The yeah, got, they've grown up. Don't. It's out of fashion. You don't bother with them. No, it's just not called that. It's called IVF, and it don't say things like test tube baby anymore because it's too common. It's transition. Probably un PC to the people who actually were created in a lab. Well, you're obsessed with stuff like that, right? Now listen to the radio show, and then we, just me and Matt, because G's off wasting his time with kindness. Uh, we'll meet you round the back of the show, and this is a show that includes things as diverse as Ed Stafford, the Survivor, Robert, uh, what's his name? The surname of the historian person. Robert Lacey, very brilliant man. And Matt Morgan. Now, Matt, what was your favourite bit of the show? Oh, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, some Chinese people may turn up unexpectedly, as if guided hey, by a magical force. Some people, yeah? Yeah, but it's, it's good that they were Chinese. Well, you kept going on about it. What else am I going to talk about? I didn't understand anything. It's a big, great, bloody great language well, I barrier. Was, I was very sad to hear that your movies hadn't made it culturally to China. <laughs> I think they sensed that I was important, even without having seen Arthur. They honed in on me as the handsome <laughs> Possibly one. because they haven't seen <laughs> what, did it, what they honed in. Yeah. She said I was handsome and I'm going to take I know, that. And she did. Yeah. She sort of said that. Unprompted, or did you prompt her? You can't even eat a bit of chicken without banging your mic. It's disgusting to watch. It's disgusting. I've been in homeless shelters and watched people eat with more pride and dignity and grace than what I'm watching right now. It's like a, it's like a portrait of broken Britain. Hey, why and I am going to a homeless shelter tonight. Before you ask, shock. No one asked. An event. What are you going to do there? Help others, like as always. All right. See you around the back. Russell Brand Radio. X. Oh, hello. It's Sunday. It's 11. You've just heard Kasabian. And while you were listening to Kasabian, you were thinking, is there an essential energy from which my consciousness is derived? And could I achieve some deeper union with it? Or shall I just carry on listening to Kasabian? Well, you can't listen to Kasabian now because that record, like all things, is finite. Although there may be sort of a broader context, you know, the infinite is talked about all the time. And somewhere within that infinite is Matt Morgan. Hello, Matt. Hello, mate. How are you? You look really well and nice. All I've done, apart from uh, go camping and sort of reset my mind. Has it reset it? Because you look reset. But what I've done, why you're reacting to what you're reacting to. Tell me what I'm reacting to. Beard has been trimmed. Yeah, you look handsomer and younger. And and you slimmer. You look like, do you know when sometimes you meet someone who's recovered from a fatal disease or whatever? It's like this oh, bit where you, <laughs> No, but you're actually quite pleased that they've recovered from a fatal disease. Yeah, but what, in comparison to looking really ill? I suppose, I... in my example, it's inescapable that that is what I was sort of saying. But you also, you look like you've been through something that's like you've gone, right, I now know myself a bit better and I'm decided to be a bit more relaxed. 
Yes. That's what it's like because of, I don't know, it might have been the fatal disease you've overcome. I feel like you've pedalled backwards from saying I've just had a terrible disease. Well, so. I think you look nice. I don't know how, I can sometimes mangle up compliments. Why don't you just say that then? You look nice. Thank you. You look That's nice. That's people just say that. <laughs> it's less complex, isn't it? The old you look nice technique. But as you know, I'm a pioneer when it comes you know, to communications. Not as uh, multifaceted as a, you look like you've recovered from a serious illness. <laughs> I know because... That gives people something to really get their teeth into, doesn't it? <laughs> also, always good to bring serious illness into the mental space of any conversation, particularly a light-hearted two-hour radio show in which we will be going on quite a voyage. G's not here because he's working with. Can the, we can what? Sorry, t- do say what he's doing because. Well, yeah, I'm going to. That's what I was. That's what you interrupted. Well, You're on, like then. you interrupted me to tell me to do something <laughs> that I was doing. I didn't. I interrupted you to say, "Can someone else do a poem?" We are probably then I realised what you were going to say. It's an important thing. Now say thought, that, you say that thing. And then we'll go back to your thing. Yes. G's on hiatus at the moment because he's working with SPID or SPID. Can it be called SPID? That doesn't sound like a that good thing to not, call something. It like SPID. you say at school. You SPID? Yeah. Uh, right, it's come to our attention that people are using the word SPID. Stop doing it. I'm going to keep using it. Are you? Yeah, I am probably, yeah. SPID, though, is uh, a theatre company which bring artistic experiences to kids on council estates. SPID Theatre. I want to know what it stands for, SPID, don't you? I want to know what it stands for. SPIDtheatre.com. Look, look it up because G's working around the area of the Grenfell Tower tragedy, anomaly, social scar, and doing great work as G often does. Jesus, as he's become. You've that. started calling him Jesus, and as you can imagine, that annoys me because if anyone in our gang is going to be called Jesus, it should be me, shouldn't it? No, he's Why? out there helping survivors of Grenfell do a Christmas show, right? And <laughs> Superficially, and that looks good. I, it's I, not I, being admit. filmed, which is the only way you'd do it. That's right. Social, political, innovative, direct. Well, that's... They could have come up with a better list of words, because that's And a better an acronym. And then a better an acronym. 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 Yeah, acronym. <laughs> an acronym. Yeah. An a- Acronym. acronym not I think you say an acronym. Yes. And because I've only ever heard an acronym, I've started to think it was one word. Yes. <laughs> but it's acronym, isn't it? But like, uh, look, I don't know why we're attacking G and a no, we're not. We're attacking a, a group the of people. That, well, the group of pe- that company, mate, is out there now helping young people in from council estates to get a theatre education and to probably have, achieve catharsis around traumatic experiences and better themselves. So actually, SPID, let's have a look again, SPIDtheatre.com, let's support them. Yes, let's get let's. right behind them. Go on! Go on, SPID! And also, let's support the idea that G should now be called Jesus. Oh, no, let's not support that. Let's clamp down on that. Let's clamp down hard on that. That's not going to fly. That's not going to work. Because as you know, Matt, I don't like any form of compliment being paid to anyone except me ever under any circumstances. I think you, just to give it some sort of duality, should be called Rucifer. Oh, you pig! You pig dog! That is, that's actually blasphemy. Now, if what I'm doing does, as we all hope it will one day, become a new faith and a guiding force for future generations and a new sort of theology and a new religion, what you just said then will be regarded as uh, blasphemy. What, to Lucifer, the devil? To me, oh, Russ! Oh, you! Dragging me down! Well, that's, that's not the sort of thing Jesus would have said, would he? Well, he must have stuck up for himself, mate. He wouldn't have got nowhere, would he? Come <laughs> anyway, on. my point is, yeah. mm. somebody should be Do summarising this in a poem. It could, doesn't have to be summarised as a poem. It could be just summarised as something else. Oh, what it? if it's Drawing. just a list of bullet points? Something <laughs> tragic. <laughs> a list of bullet points that gives you the gist of what's gone down. Anyway, the fact oh, is... Oh, rhyme. All right, make a rhyming list of books. Look, Matt, don't worry about content. It sounds like you're panicking about content because you've had the big bosses on your back. Well, let me tell you, I had a text off one of the big bosses and he told me he couldn't be more... He's pleased as punch. 
with how things are going. Foaming at any part of his body? Huh? Was he what? Forgotten? Was he what? I said, was he foaming at any part of his body? (laughs) There was some foams. Doesn't even remember. Fluvia. Lost it. What do you mean? Foaming at the gams. He, oh yeah, get yeah. hard as he a catchphrase. Was, he was foaming at the gams with enthusiasm for this show. He was foaming at the gams, Matt. His enthusiasm. Yeah, yes, he was foaming at. Sir, why is Matt saying this? Gosh, I don't know, but I'll go with it. I'll go with it. <laughs> I, I trust his instinct. Certainly, some foam. Yes. Um, uh, where's my paper? <laughs> Jolly good. I love all this foam yes. stuff. Keep that up, Matt. We could put that in the bullet points at the end of the show. Bullet. Points. Point number one, foam. Trying to support your daft catchphrase. My catchphrase is second to none. He was foaming at the cams. If you like, don't what? Just because I forgot the catchphrase, you've got no enthusiasm for it. Is that right? I'm just filing, you know, sorting out my papers and right, guys. Stacking them like a newsreader. Now it's going to be a really good show. This because I've got brilliant stuff coming up. 18 minutes of adverts. Robert Lacey, a historian and a consultant on the Crown. Now imagine that the the Crown. You know. Netflix show. Crown, the Crown. Sorry, he's, got, he's from the Crown. He was a consultant. He knows all about the Royals. We can ask important questions about the Royals. Do we still need Royals? What no. do Royals mean? No. And why is it in particular no. that sentimental working class people really like the Royals? Like, if you tried to tell my nan, look, nan, this is a symbol of hierarchy. It's the very thing that's called. Tell me all of the problems in your life, and I'll explain to you how it's a fault of the, these hierarchical systems. She go, oh, don't say that, darling. Yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't have had it. But anyway, we'll be talking about the royals from a radical perspective. Not that I care, uh, like I've condemned the royals as individual humans. They're just individual humans, aren't they? But I'm just. I've seen a picture of you snivelling up to the queen. Who do you see me snivelling at? The queen. I oh, give her a snivel. More than once, I think you've met her. Haven't you? Listen, I met Charles. I met Andrew. I met Queen. I met Philip. So that's some royals, baby. In one, no, on different occasions. Different days. I'm always bobbing about them. I saw Andrew at a dinner once, and I was—it well, was a lunch, and I had to sort of get by him. And I sort of goes, he went, oh, hello, hello. And there was a sort of an awkward moment. And the woman that he was with sort of introduced us. But then she went away. And then I was just with him. And we both sort of stood there for a moment in silence. Went and hid behind a big plant pot. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be good. She was a prankster, that woman. And then both of us, by mutual agreement, simply nodded and turned around and faced away from each other. I have nothing to say to you, sir. (laughs) Well, goodbye. I shall face you with my buttocks. (laughs) And we brushed our little bodies together. Like royals. So uh, we're going to talk to Ed Stafford. He's going to be debriefing us on the success of our survival expedition. Me it and happened. Matt. It in really the country. happened. We actually followed up. We did something about it. It was a phenomenal experience, wasn't it, Matt? Do it was, think? actually. Yes. This is us in the countryside. That's the energy. And I will be How did I undermine it? With your gatto. People, <laughs> people think that I turned up there with all my with survival gear and a gatto. <laughs> didn't. You came there. I saw that survival table, bloody ridiculous that you had. Like, I arrived there, Matt had, it looked like an amnesty in a sort of a Balkan knife crime district. There was all sorts of weaponry, almond milk, all sorts of like, you know, like Arvis Festival or something. Tins yeah. of beans, sleeping bags. It's like you were trying to rescue an impoverished community. It was for one man's half hour camping trip. There was, a, there was a cooker, there was light bulbs no. hanging around an awning. There was now an awning. I, no, it was a test. Mm. Now I know I can survive for two days on £70 worth of Sainsbury's shopping. <laughs> <laughs> about a grand's Next worth time. of camping equipment that you've snided off of uh, off of various people. Prehensile tent.com or whatever it's called. Tensile. Prehensile, is it? That means oh, you can tensile. wiggly tent, wiggly prehensile tent, like a, like a pig wiggy. Have you ever seen a pig wiggy? Pig wiggy on telly, it's like a wiggly worm. 
they're not going to be able to use this audio on their website if you're talking about pigwinkles. <laughs> Remember those snake toys when you're a kid and it's sort of like it's uh, so undermining my camping trip even now. I think. All right, I'll say this and then I'm going to move on with my more we'll comedic attitude at length. All later. right. Well, I was when I arrived at two thirty a.m. In a f- chauffeur-driven car with That's a gato right. dressed as a disgraced ambulance man. <laughs> Why a disgraced one? I could have been a oh, you, well, you prize-winning exactly ambulance man. You didn't look bathing glory. <laughs> didn't did you? I? You looked disgraced. It was, I'd just driven up from Torquay. off for giving people mouth-to-mouth who weren't even in. <laughs> oh, look, you, you look very poorly, sir. Come here, take your hands off me. Yeah. yeah. No, well, uh, actually, look, I'd had a four-hour journey to get there to Absolutely rescue insane. you. I saw myself very much as, like, the British military swooping into a, a no, distressed you arrived, area. Right? You arrived about a mile from my camp, right? Mm, my camp. Look how he talks about it, like he's Alexander the Great. Well, anyway, so I walked... And I was waving my torch to go over here. I saw that. I saw that. I know. And all you did was wave another torch to go. (laughs) And I was. (laughs) Then I waved it really fast, like you have to come to this area. That doesn't mean that a fast waving torch. Everyone knows that. It means come here to the camp. Come to the camp. And what Russell does? (laughs) I wave mine faster. He's like, yes, we've established contact. We've done that. Now come to me. This is where the camp is. I'm not going to go and sit in your chauffeur-driven car and eat (laughs) gas for an hour. It was heated seats. And in the end, I had to walk all the way to the chauffeur-driven car and I went, it's down here. Oh, right. (laughs) That's what happened. And then... He got back in the chauffeur-driven car while I ran <laughs> and led Can you stop calling it a chauffeur-driven car? Oh, sorry, it, makes it was a car driven by a, a chauffeur. hired chauffeur. <laughs> <laughs> You're undermining it, and actually that's Taz. Now, he's not... Well, I think he, perhaps he is thinking about it. You know, he's probably a chauffeur. I mean, look, all I know is he's Taz, and uh, he's a free man, very much a free man, who's very joyfully, and, and I'm very grateful, chauffeurs me... Well, let's not use the verb chauffeur... Ferries me from pillar to post about Why'd the place. You hit him with your glove. It's the only way he'll learn. It is, <laughs> he does not listen. Some no, people he won't loves listen. Man, Taz. Yeah, he brought you down into mm. the camp. Right? That's right. And then you had you had quite you know you had good stuff. You well, had I had the ambulance bag. driver stuff. I had a very good sleeping bag off Ben the paramedic. I had a lovely ambulance hat off Ben the paramedic. I had a nice gatto off a vegan cafe in Torquay. All of the essentials. If you're going camping, just remember the basics. Ambulance driver stuff and one gatto. That's all you're basically going to need to get through the experience. You, you you settled into camp all right. I was very impressed with your fire. That I will say. Matt had a roaring blaze going from the get-go. It was only later that I'd discovered that the fuel for that fire was a bug hotel where the residents of the farm had been trying to encourage wildlife. No, I made one error. There, there was one thing they said, don't use that pellet wood there because that's a bug hotel. And then in the... <laughs> the, the excitement ice cold weather and survival you tossed the bug hotel into the blaze burnt some of the bug hotel yeah. i then put it back and it's burnt and i was i kept saying to matt oh we've got to get them out we've got to get the bugs out they'll be all they'll be terrified no, there wasn't any bugs in it and you were going stop calling it a bug hotel stop calling it a bug <laughs> hotel while we were snatching it from the flames well, i rescued it it's all back to they didn't mind you were doing very well and i learned a branch snap across your knee technique very good technique who that. doesn't know that i brought i lifted do up you know that firewood, listeners do you know the branch it, snap technique across the knee yeah snapping a branch easy like nice and easy like how it. you would snap anything long in half that you needed to snap very I good. did it. I was just talking to him. Going, yeah, it's been pretty tough. It's pretty cold. He goes, oh, I like what you did there. <laughs> he, had, uh, he had a good go at it for a while, didn't he? Oh, snapping twigs left and right. Uh, at first, you couldn't do it. 
I don't make any strenuous noises, mate. I'll never do that. I won't do it on the toilet and I won't do it for you. I remain calm at all times. Yeah. I find it very easy to dilate. Then he fed the fire. I'm semi-dilated right saying, now. We are going to bed in a minute. We don't need it to be that big. I'm just getting some more. Just get some more <laughs> with this inferno. <laughs> yeah, and then you sat up telling me a terrible horror stories and there'll be more. Of this insight. I made you a cup of tea and a hot meal, didn't I? It's delicious. It was. You've done very well. I'm not criticising you. I'm right behind you. We've got some fantastic emails. We've got some fantastic stories. We've got historian Robert Lacey. We're going to be supporting our dear brother G, who's out there helping people uh, less fortunate than ourselves. Probably less fortunate than me, because I'm quite a lucky person. All right. Uh, but now, we're going to hear from a little friend of this show called Bradley Advert. He's always expressing himself from consumerism. Go on, Brad. What are you thinking about this week? This. This. Is. Yeah. Radio X Russell Brand That was Queens of the Stone Age doing their very some of their very best musical work they're really expressing themselves through the uh, medium of music we've got some great stuff coming up we're going to be talking to a historian about monarchy the power and potency of monarchy the meaning of monarchy did you see this thing here Matthew from Steve Quinnell greetings Mr Brand he sent us an email I've constructed a Russell Brand bingo card for Matt Mr G who's not here because he's doing good charitable work to the Lord and your studio underlings they're not underlings this is this is a um, equal system everyone here's got equal democratic vote I just do most of the talking and play along with during the show. I hope it keeps you all amused. Cheers, Steve Quinnell. Steve Quinnell. He's created a lovely bingo card, mate. Now, every time you hear me, you can play along at home. Why don't you tweet this? I've already this? done a couple, actually. Have I? Glass panel. Bradley that's on advert. there. You haven't done that yet. You've done Bradley advert. I have said that, haven't I? He's got, like, it's a lovely bingo out. thing. You have to read them all out. Glass panel, Matt Morgan Appreciation Society, dystopian nightmare, you showed me right up, corporate narrative, reality is a construct, Yanis Varoufakis, global spirituality, global consciousness, psychedelic kaleidoscope of limitless potential. This just sounds like the show. (laughs) (laughs) People just tuned in and went, oh, it's still going on. God, yeah. Oh, is this last week's podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so you can play along with this. We'll tweet this and you can play uh, Russell Brand Bingo. Russell Brand Bingo. Um, hey, stay out of there. You're not qualified. Let's learn. So that's a good thing, isn't it? That's very good. Can I uh, go back to your, um, you know, t- talking about toilets. You didn't yeah. actually go to the toilet at camp. Camp Gatto, as it's become known. Is it called Camp Gatto? That's why it's the memories now called in my head. I'm from. I went to. I grew up in the ghetto. Did you say ghetto? Uh, Gatto. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I, you know, people poo-pooing my camp. Well. I did actually have to go toilet the old school way. I watched you. I watched you I go off with a shovel. A you watched for too long. What do you mean? Your eyes were boring into me. <laughs> I was trying to enjoy the fire. I was looking at that as well, spotting shapes, feeling the mystery, feeling like Prometheus himself who stole fire from the gods. But you didn't gods. go to the toilet yourself. I could have done. It weren't frozen up inside me. I weren't all oh, puckered right. up. I've, I find it very easy to dilate. I, just, anyway. I was waiting for the right moment. What's your point? The uh, just a minute technique, which Russell believes is the it's ultimate a great technique. Way to, if someone let me explain it because oh, someone God. might let me explain this, Matt, because you won't do it properly. You don't. I don't think you've ever well, understood the principles. Yes, you are. You're very much against it. You're a naysayer. You're an ap- apostate. I think is what I would call apostate. you. Apostate. And you're uptight. Uh, what it is is, if you're on the toilet, you're worried. What I say? Someone's knocked on the door. Knock, knock, knock. You're there. You're trying to defecate. What do you say to deal with the situation? <laughs> Matt says things like, Oh, I have someone in here. No, I go, Someone in here. Ugh. You've revealed too much. Do that. I go, <coughs> oh, 
were no. coughing, blasting out some unwanted. I mean, like, no, no, no. What you do is you go, just a minute. Like right. the man I was in a sexual addiction treatment center with who taught me that technique. Very good technique. Works like a charm. Just a minute. I can't explain that to you. It's too complex. Now, so uh, well, what's your point? Because we've got a historian on the phone who's even now well, listening to this well, sure, and regretting sure. right. that he's agreed to be on Matt this. Wigley says, The just a minute technique does not work. A cleaner tap just as I'd arrived. I tried it, just a minute. She proceeded to wait outside the door. It gives the impression that it's a measure of time and creates an environment in which she thought, I will wait. So I had to not that do is, the business and walk out looking her in the eye. That's it a doesn't bad, work. Mm, what about just, someone quickly, saying knock back as well? In Japan, the idea is you don't say anything. The outside person knocks. knocks. All right. 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 Yeah. And you? Oh, what that is. You don't have to. Knock, knock, knock. Oh, <laughs> okay, let's bring that to life. This is just like drama school. <laughs> I'll bring, I can really breathe life into this. So they knock and, outside. And then if you're in there, what do you do? You don't go, oh, sorry. Just a minute. You go. Oh, I hate that. It's like you're communicating. It's like you're about words. to have an affair. No words. Wordless. That's to trust the That's Japanese the to be efficient. Trust the Japanese to find a minimalist way through this social maze, this quagmire of niceties that surround our most basic and primal functions because human beings need manners. Human beings need codes. Human beings need premium systems and something to aspire to. And that's why we'll be talking to Robert Lacey, who understands monarchy, hierarchy, and the importance of the chief of the tribe. Robert, you're a consultant on the crown, is that right? Yes, I was just thinking that back in uh, the days of Louis XIV, wasn't there a, an official position at the court called Keeper of the Royal Stool who, um, who, who supervised the defecation of the king? And it was sort of semi-in-public. He, he did it in public with curtains round him, and then uh, when he came out looking happy, everybody applauded. Is this in his adulthood of of Louis the Fourteenth? Yeah, oh yeah, part of an expression of his power. That is pretty power. It is a pretty potent demonstration of your one's virility to be able to relax that comfortably. But a a true king isn't. Couldn't it be argued, Robert would whip those velvet drapes open and say, "Take a look at this, mate," and unveil the whole process. He did that all the time. I'm sure with the ladies. I don't know if he's interested (laughs) in the gentlemen, but. I don't think it's just virility. Don't ladies have to go through the same process? I mean, isn't there an etiquette for for ladies lose? They always have long queues, don't they? The ladies lose. I mean, there are anyway. there's certainly functional reasons for that. But uh, Robert, I mean, I really appreciate you humouring us in this manner because we've got you on this oh. show because of your uh, yeah. exceptional knowledge of uh, monarchies, the aristocracy, you. and you were uh, yes. you're uh, you're obviously a proper. Historian, but uh, from for a pop cultural reference, you uh, you worked yeah. on the Crown, is that right? I did. Yes, I'm not very interested in the aristocracy. Actually, I think the aristocracy is dated and finished. But I think that the the monarchy, um, you know, we see it at the moment. Uh, the monarchy gives emotional life to the the country to the government it gives it a human face in a sense robert that even i understand i completely appreciate and understand that what you're saying is they act as kind of avatars for a feeling of national goodwill and to create a sense yeah. of, of cohesion yeah. and the point of sovereignty yeah. is to demonstrate the sort of a illusion of a tribal oneness mm. in like it mm. and, and the idea of state but isn't there something troubling in that in its essence it co- it's contradictory 
because whilst they may represent the idea of an ongoing narrative and we like to see Harry happy mm. because of our memories of Diana mm-hmm. and all those kind of things, <clears throat> because uh, mm-hmm. ultimately it's an, it, this is an emblem of power and it's about hierarchies mm. and structures that are not really beneficial even to the people that might get the occasional rush of national goodwill. Like those people are actually being... Mm, persecuted by that system you know and I, I come from a kind of family that would be well into the royals and me on a kind of on a yeah. sort of on a tabloid level on a sort of on a daily level I would sort of go oh brilliant oh that's happened has it and I'm sort of interested in a sort of a parochial way but I sort of also think it might be quite a dangerous thing for a culture and a sort of a tool of repression you're, you're, you're rightly saying there's something rather sinister and eerie about that that they that they their dreams are being fulfilled by um, an arbit, you know, a, a guy who, charming though he may be, um, is the result of an accident of, of birth. Um, now, I would argue, mm. you know, I would argue that that's life, mate. You know, <laughs> um, <that's>, good. <laughs> it's a bloody good argument. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. life, mate. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fair enough. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and yeah, the only argument I would, I, I was sustained for getting rid of it all is that if you did get rid of the monarchy, then you might see the na- the system in all its nakedness, mm. honestly, mm. and 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 be more inclined to rebel. Certainly, I think it's interesting the way that power conceals itself and the way that power conceals the way that it operates. And on our podcast, Under the Skin, we talked to the brilliant academic Kai Hindi. Andrews, who who expressed his opinion, he's an academic and a, a black English person, and he said that Donald Trump is a better president for black America because at least it's obvious. Under Barack Obama, there was a veil of disingenuity under which people yeah, could just, pretend there was equality and progress. It appealed to a liberal progressive yeah. narrative while concealing inequality. Yeah, and he got given a Nobel Prize in the first year of his presidency when he for peacemaking for droning. He hadn't done anything, and and what did, and what did he deliver in seven years? He you know he never went beyond that. So um, yeah, the, 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 there's a you know well it's an eternal argument, isn't it? Do we want the nastiness laid out before us, or do we want to enjoy the you know the the, the, the self conscious delusion and amusement the sort of dancing around the maypole element of the monarchy mm. well yeah you can say it's a concealing um you can, can say it's a concealing mechanism or you can say all societies you know we, we need it in our lives or perhaps robert there are alternatives even beyond that you know like sort of i suppose fairer societies that are, have power structures that are closer to the people that are affected by that power as i suppose sort of i mean sort of decentralized models which are antithetical to both the american republicanism and british uh, uh, constitutional monarchism but robert let me touch yeah. on this because you got a book out yes. the crown the yes. official book of the hit netflix series which in spite of everything right. i've just said <clears throat> I'm a bloody fan of, and my my wife actually is like friends with like you know peripherally with like members of the royal family and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm in no position. It's not like for me, it's a sort of an academic and intellectual exercise of like of analysis. I don't have bear any ill will to individual human beings. I'm not coming from that position at all. It's more of a complex and analytical position. And also, I bloody love the Crown. I mean, it's impossible to watch that and and not start singing Rule Britannia at some point. I get very overwhelmed by it. Yeah, and it's also, I think, one of the strengths of what we've done, and specifically it was Peter Morgan who wrote it. And he said, I just saw the other day in the Radio Times, he said he used to be a, a Republican with a small R, of course, and, and writing the Crown and, and understanding how the system works. 
has turned him into something of a monarchist. And I think one of the strengths of the series is it doesn't just dwell on Buckingham Palace. It's equally centered in Downing Street. And so you see the, the mechanisms of the real power, if you mm. like, on the one hand, and the ceremonial power on the other, mm. and how they interact. And this second series that's just coming up is actually, I mean, though it's about the royal family, all the, all the important dates are political. The last yeah. series ended with Churchill. And then the third series, Russell, ah. you'll enjoy it. It's, it's all about Harold Wilson and socialism. Oh, this is very, like, I mean, this is exciting. Also, what I like, yeah, the cra- also, haven't you written a book called Majesty? Isn't that one of your most yes. successful books? Yeah, that, that's what I said back, back in 1977, before you were born, I imagine. Mm. And that was about, uh, that was about, um, uh, uh. I mean, I was drawn to write about the Queen then because. People said, what a super, you know, silly, superficial subject of women's magazines. But I remember reading somewhere that 30% of people in Britain dream about the Queen. Well, what do you think of that? People are dreaming about something like this. There's some significance to it. Majesty, your late father and I used to delve into our unconscious mind and use an image system that was most coherent. In the realm of the Jungian unconscious, we were occupied by daemons, demons, and deities, and amidst them all, the lowly cur could be found in a courtyard, and your late father and I would scurry down the corridors of power, our dressing gowns flailing behind us, our bare genitalia winking in the moonlight as we approached the animals then he your father in spite of his ill health majesty would grip the hound underneath its undercarriage and holding it like a baby would present to me its underneath and I would take an emery board that was in a vanity case in his front pocket and begin filing at the cur's member at first very swiftly and slowing slowing to a eventually to a rhythmic tidal movement till there was an exposed cross-section of cells, Majesty, and within each cell a larvae or an egg glistening like a perfect stick of rock. I don't think the Queen would enjoy that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> She's very kind. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Robert. Robert Lacey, consultant to the Royals, author of the accompanying Crown book with the Netflix series, writer of the great book, Majesty. I mean, there's so much I'd love to talk to you about. You know about Earl of Essex, Walter Riley. Will you come back on this show and educate us more I, I and pontificate on power yeah, systems? As long as we can keep talking about the rules. I'll, I'll do some more research for next time. Yes, do some more research, because I think I'm going to take you to new planes of wisdom. Yeah, I don't forget. What do we call the loose among us? The throne. The toilet is known as the throne, the seat of power. Thank you, Robert. We're losing you a bit because it's got to be your signal because we're on the radio. It can't be us. So I don't know where you're doing this. Where are you? Where are you called? Where are we talking to? Where are you? I'm I'm in Tunbridgewood, just by Lord's Cricket Ground. I've come to love you a little bit, Robert, and hopefully we'll see each other again very soon or speak to each other again. I look forward to it. Thanks, mate. Cheers. What a lovely chat. Thanks, man. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well. What the hell went on there? You didn't back me up. You didn't encourage me. You didn't show me a scrap of love. So how am I supposed to conduct an interview under those conditions, Mafia? I, all I wanted to say was... Uh, um, <coughs> uh, <coughs> I was just going to say that... 
perhaps when they say, oh, we care about HIV and stuff, they should sell a palace. <laughs> give that money to HIV <laughs> instead of turning up and doing a PR exercise. Yeah, if you care so much about our bloody HIV, how about when them palaces, mate? Don't be ridiculous. Wouldn't help. All right, okay, time now for a little pal of ours who makes these little films just to express himself. is uh, Robert Lacey, the historian, with the next ten things he said after I hung up. <laughs> Russell Brand. This is Radio X. Oh, you silly ass! You are listening to Russell Brand on Radio X using radio catchphrases from about 100 years ago, I think. Probably that is. Um, so it's that puppet, that catchphrase called, uh, I can't remember, Lord Charles. something. Lord Charles. Oh, you silly ass! <laughs> it's a funny thing. He used to say it to people. He was a bit What's drunk. What's brushes? <laughs> boom, boom! I think he went. He was all right. No, I loved you, him as a kid. He was an anarchist, wasn't he? And yeah. he was a fox. And the him fox, and Emu, all the ones that were tricksters, trickster, stuff up. tricksters. The trickster's role is to mess stuff yeah. up. <coughs> Part of the god energy is not just oh hello, I'm god, I'm here to be nice. It's like hey, your human world's a bit silly. I'm going to undermine it. <laughs> boom, boom. It's a weird thing to say, isn't it? Yeah. What was he mean, Basil Brush? He had that little. I think he was wearing a hunting jacket, and he was a just fox. Just a little sort of um, gentleman. Like a, yeah, he was a collision a of worlds. On and yeah, so he's toy. wearing hunting Monica. clothes. The hunter becomes the hunted, and the hunted becomes the hunter. That's a joke. And the guy that looks after him was called Mister Roy, and that's Gareth. Excuse me, one of the producers of this show's name. So that's interesting, isn't it? It's all ties Very together. All ties together nicely. Sense now. Missed. Uh, got an email here. Got an email here. It, oh, I nearly was sick then. <laughs> not sick. It's just a cough. All right. It's from Jamie. Hi, Russ, Matt, and G. G's not here. He's out helping others. Uh, Spid Theatre Group. Have a look at that. Fantastic work they're doing. Went to Russell's show in South End last night. Ever so funny. One of the best comedians I've ever probably seen in my life. Made up. All right. Matt, I. Well, yeah, but he did say funny. Matt, I too am an aspiring <coughs> survivalist. We're all survivalists. We are survivors. I've looked at a few spots to go and test myself, but the best advice I've received so far is to read up first, then go in at the deep end. Mm, it's true. What do you mean it's true? <laughs> I went in at the deep end. Well, not that deep, mate. You had a bloody harvest festival table. There was a picnic table. It was cold and I had to stay warm, right? That was the, that's what I was testing. How was you doing? It's snuggling up to me. I had your bum in my back all night. No. You bummed me up you the back. I had your me. bum right in the small of my you back. You spooning me. And when you're asleep, you go... <sighs> I do not no, go... You out. do. You do. I do not go... <sighs> Such a zombie <sighs> in the forest. <sighs> and I'll turn around and it was you go... <laughs> you had your bum right up my back. It was an awful feeling. It was like there was a nice night's sleep that in that tent. We were suspended, weren't we, mate? We were suspended. The tent's old tree tent, and they for every tent they make, they plant eighteen new trees. <laughs> What's a weird system? What's that got to do with anything? Oh, because they hang it off a tree. Because they just like care about the trees. Well, cause... good on them. They're a nice bunch, and it's a bloody good tent, and I have no problem endorsing it. Unlike some of the. Rubbish we get sent on here, like for example, Adagio teas. Don't drink oh, Adagio teas, filthy stuff, taste of wheat. You know, probably that cup of tea, mate, when you, you arrived, that was it. It wasn't Adagio, it was my mouth, my gullet. <laughs> ah, scrape, 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 scrape away the Adagio. The Adagio, it's a god of gold. Like a baby cuddled up to me, probably. Did I? Was I quite happy there? Were you warm would? enough? I was warm enough. I was in. We didn't take our clothes off, did we? We don't have to to have a good time. No. Oh no, weeing. We went for a few wees, didn't we? We looked at pictures of our kids. We chatted like men. 
Then you told much too scary horror stories about the breakdown of society by the fire. And I thought, this is a postmodern horror story round a campfire. We were sat round a campfire and you told a very long horror story about how quickly society could fall apart. And I thought, oh, that's why we're here. Is he going to trap me here? Society's going to fall apart and I'm going to be here. How long is this gatto going to last me? I'm going to call Ed Stafford. Ed! Ed! I thought, you would, like, you, you, I thought you'd be worse than you were. Right, what did but I do let's wrong? be honest... In the morning, right, so he turned up at two in the morning, yep. right, and then we stayed up till about four, because I'd had a little bit of sleep, knowing he'd be later than And you'd been wandering around, neck in whiskey, with your knife, whooping about. You went, you went native too quick. I drank quick. some whiskey, and then I spent far too long trying to throw my big knife into a tree, trying to practice <laughs> that. And then, you know, when you've done something for a while, and you think... I've gone a bit mad now. Stop this now. I was always doing things like that because I'm an only child, eh? Like maybe I'll invent a game where I kick a can through some chairs and then I build a whole league around it and like yeah. sort of different score systems and everything. My whole life's basically been that. It's just a big, elaborate, stupid system. Well, I think so, everyone's doing stuff like that all the time. What, throwing? But you in this case. But you, in this case, I was trying to throw a big Rambo knife into a tree because yeah. I'd seen someone do it in a video and I thought I could do that. I couldn't could do you? it. No. Yeah. Got to the point where I thought I was going to break the knife. I'm impressed with the fire. You started a fire by dipping a bit of cotton wool ball into a bit of Vaseline, didn't you? Yeah. So I did start the fire but with it, sparks. Do you know what I always think, though, Matt? When, when people start a fire using a cotton wool ball lit in a bit of Vaseline, like it's Bear Grylls or if it's Ed Stafford or whatever. I, I say think, it like it's a cultural artefact that you're aware of. I am aware of it. You were mind blown when I told you. <laughs> I was look no all right well like when they all right well listen to this then I'll use another one from the same sort of trope as it were you see Bear Grylls he goes I haven't got a lighter so I'm going to use this condom and this emery board and he's like hold on a minute if you've got all that stuff just bring a lighter like that's yeah, still yeah. weird stuff to have just bring a yeah, lighter Ed Stafford does stuff with nothing right so he finds the right stones he he can make a bow drill and start you know like a bow that starts a fire why do you mm. me like that because I'm just thinking because I see how lit up you get you get lit up like a fire whenever Ed Stafford's name's mentioned look, I could you're bothering I know, me for his look, phone number in the week get, look, this is the challenge right when you left yeah and you finally left <laughs> after dragging me to the farmhouse I didn't drag you to the farmhouse I, I was showing to gratitude get, to the I farmer's wife I was going to do 48 hours of just being Margaret. on my own right then you turn up with a gatto. Then in the morning, you're like, let's go up to the farmhouse and give the gatto to the lovely The lady, lovely Margaret. couple came. Matt and Penny. Is it Matt and Penny? Penny. And that lovely little baby they had. They turned up. No. I was polite like a minor I'm not complaining royal. about them turning up. <clears throat> I was polite. Did you see how polite I was? You were great. I was brilliant. When I took photos, good. I was but when, charming when and kind. When that ended, I went back to the woods and I did about No, let's get back hours. into that bit. Because then that bit became you in a farmhouse kitchen asking for gluten-free bread from a farmer's wife and still bracketing it as survival. Well, in fact, you're going, have you got any almond milk? Have you got any almond? You'd had two separate deliveries of almond milk by the time I got there. The pe- One person Penny brought him almond milk and it was the wrong kind. You went going and you called no, someone else. The tent man was bringing wait, you almond milk. Let me explain. It's like I turned up in the without... woods with the Sultan of Brunei. Listen, I turned up without my like armor. Michael milk. Jackson Shush. buying those vases. <laughs> How many of these vases do you need? Oh, I've got to have these vases and I won't be able to sleep. Right. I turned up with a, without any almond milk, right? And one of the, everyone <laughs> knows, every survivalist knows, yeah. the most important part is having a cup of tea. You've got to, have, you've got to make a cup of tea. Right. That's a lot. Okay, like, you make a lot of tea. Right, so I was like, oh, I can't have a proper cup of tea. So then Matt and Penny said, oh, we're going to Sainsbury's. Is there anything you want? Which obviously doesn't sound very survival <laughs> Doesn't, does it? We're going to Sainsbury's, anything you want. That never comes up on Ed Stafford's programs. I told them, like, Rude Health Armour Milk, which is the one I like. If they want to send me some, that's up to them. Right? <laughs> you'll, you'll accept a it second-hand a carton of a person. Well, It'll be a person I going, did. I've got some Rude Health Milk. You let me tell my story, Sorry. right? <laughs> so 
They came back very kindly, brought almond milk, but it wasn't the right kind because that, that Sainsbury's right didn't stock it already. I'm not panicking. <laughs> I'm thinking, what would Ed Stafford do? <laughs> then I put my tent up easily, right? Lovely. Tent sold tent goes Was right it up. easy? Because I think you had several abortive attempts no, at getting no, that tent I didn't. up. I didn't you did it on go. the wrong tree. You said it was no. flying about like a kite. I walked around looking for trees. No, it wasn't. It was perfect. It went up easy, right? But I had the wrong fly sheet. That's the rain cover to people like you. I know what a fly sheet is. Don't. <laughs> you think that's something that hangs mate. up in the back of a butcher's and they stick to it. Uh-oh. Right. <laughs> oh, careful, that fly sheet, then, butcher. So I had to call the guy from Tensile Tents and say, I think I've got the wrong fly sheet. He said, I'll bring you one. I'm in Essex anyway, right? So he brought me one. Is there anything you need? Survival brain kicks in. <laughs> and I said, Rude Health Almond Milk. He said, We've got some at home. I'll bring it. So he turns up with it, right? <laughs> Problem solved. Actually, that is high-level problem-solving from Matt, the but survivor. the problem was when Matt and Penny came back the next they day saw the other helped kind. me pack up my camp. They helped they're you pack kind. up? Yes. They didn't even pack it up. The grills would have accepted the help, <laughs> right? They helped me like it was my first day at school. They were packing my bag for me, right? While you sat there trembling. Then they saw the other almond milk, the one I'd asked Offended. for. They hadn't been able to get. And they went, oh, you've oh, got, you got almond milk. And so oh, in their yeah. head, probably thought... Oh, he oh, must have wrong had some. And now weird. they're listening to this and they're thinking, I'm well, grateful, Now it's Matt. finally been explained to them. Now, when I was in the house with Margaret, Katie, Penny, Matt, little baby one, I think he were called Alfie, weren't I nice? Let's everyone hear it for me. Weren't I nice? But weren't not, I charming? People don't normally have to go fishing for compliments like they that. do that, a you, survivor he, brain fishing fishing was, for a compliment oh, he was very nice in that farmhouse when they were giving him a lovely breakfast <laughs> and I didn't slap a single effort. person or tip over a table I stood you started looking at your accepted phone accepted their hospitality you did I talked to the wife Diggins Farm bloody damn good farm don't tell people what farm Why, it is she wonders, it's I'll be there it's she's a very good landlady right? she's got friendliest landlady of the year in 2006 should, she travels around with that cat thing teddy bear cat thing don't she? I have she's my photo done with that she's cat got, thing. She's got its own passport. She she's got a cat with a passport. She's an eccentric streak, but she's a lovely lady. They'd had a pheasant in the house. So what I'm basically saying is your survival weekend, it was saying like Enid Blight and Famous Five. We ended in a country farmhouse having a big roast you even listen to my story about having the wrong armament? Um, I mean, I mean, no. <laughs> no, listen. I, did, three. <laughs> I may have come home with right, I've got the wrong probably enough of... food to feed myself for a week, but... Oh, I had some lovely meals there. You, when Flame you sent me steak. that video of Burgers. you in the middle of the night, you look absolutely petrified. It looked like a film, a live-action version of a film about no, a gnome a that's this been let like, go by say, the other gnomes. Uh, when, when you're there, because you're, you've got some sort of power of, I don't know, the world just gives you nice stuff, right? He God turns up, rust. wakes up in the morning, it's all sunny, it's beautiful, you get a farmhouse kitchen breakfast, all this <laughs> stuff. Soon as he went, the sky went black, right? That's right. And it See? all got a bit real. New Jesus? It was raining. New it was Jesus? freezing cold. It New was Jesus. windy. New Jesus? Right? Yep. I know. And that's exactly that's what, what I wanted, though. And perhaps you'll start I wanted to suffer. I got building. wet socks. Guess what I did? Had to use my nails. Was that a type of almond milk? <laughs> <laughs> An elite brand? I stepped down nows. from my tent. For real punches. I strode into a puddle in my wool socks. You yeah. get wet socks in a survival situation, you're going down. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to think quick. What did you do? Get some more socks out of my bag. <laughs> Matt Morgan there. What a survivor. I, didn't. I put my wool socks by the fire to dry them out. All right. 
Come on. I'm impressed, Matthew. I was impressed by the Next fire. Time I, do it, it's I was impressed so... with the twig snapping over the knees. What and do you I want was... me to do? Break my leg on the breath yes, of beacons. Something like... <laughs> I would like you <laughs> to break you'll a leg. finally accept that this is good. I'd like you to break something on the Brecon beacon. Now let's have an advert and then we'll come back here and we'll provide you with yet more brilliant content. The bosses are pretty pleased with this stuff, and this is how they express that gratitude. Russell Brand. Radio. X. Yeah, boy! That was a record called Portugal the Man, or it was by Portugal the Man, and it was a record with another type of name. This is like, why are you standing up? You've got your hands on your hips. Matt Morgan This stood... is a whole new world. I love it. Up. I'm it's doing very, it. I'm, I'm doing feeling it a, a twinge. I'm feeling a twinge. I feel threatened and aroused, and I like it. Okay, so that last email about surviving, that was from Jamie, and he said all sorts of stuff, go in the woods with strangers. It seems fundamentally wrong. He loves our show. He loves our show. Uh, look, a lot of people here, Matt, like Rob D, want to be behind a Glass panel. They've been listening. This Rob's been listening to the show since the early days, um, and he wants to know if our attitude towards presenting radio shows has changed. Has it? What? Oh, don't worry, forget <laughs> it. Listen, who wants to be behind a glass right. panel? Now we're going to get people. We're going to do a show that is live on December the seventeenth here at Global Radio X's mother company, father company, sister company, big brother company. Either way, a lot of people, twenty-eight in total, will be behind a glass panel or in some sort of arena. Well, there's quite a few already. There's places already gone. No places are gone yet, are they? It's all up for grabs. No, we have to... How many? Uh, uh, well, I mean, currently... This is Neil, the producer. You're hearing his voice right now. Currently, the, the current guest list is double the number of places we have. So there'll be a fine whittling. Uh, whittling, eh? Well, Matt will probably be good at that if it involves almond milk and sitting <laughs> still by a roaring fire. Why do, uh, okay, so we've got... How many places have we got? Well, we'll just do a big draw, I think. Noel Gallagher's coming. G will be there. It's going to be on a Sunday. Noel, oh, Noel Gallagher Noel won't be there. No, busy. Try and face Ed slows us down. You want Ed Stafford there live? You were bothering me in the week for his phone number, weren't you? No, oh, I can you ask Ed what's the best kind of hammock to get? Is it a Brisbane hammock or is it a cuttlefish hammock? I went, Ed, just give Matt a ring, will you? Because he's troubling me. And he likes talking about survival gear that I was asking him about. He's humouring you, you fool. <laughs> he wasn't. Me and Ed are getting he on very well. Camp Gatto. I did like his video that he sent back of him being chased about by chickens. And anyway, part of the point of Ed Stafford is that we should all be surviving and that the real battle is fought in our consciousness. And if you listen to Under the Skin, you'll learn that. Check out Under the Skin, me, Ed Stafford. Matt came in at the end and sat on my lap and very nearly ruined another one of my podcast brands. You always make me sound worse than I am. That makes me sound (laughs) like I walked in unannounced and sat on your lap. Sat on my lap. I was outside. You beckoned me in and then made me sit on your lap. When Ed Stafford came in, there's like a little patio door thing that you have to get through the studio and there's, so there's like you know at the bottom patio door there's runners and as he was coming I goes oh careful with that mate but then I thought, <laughs> <laughs> he's a proper survivor imagine careful he, Ed imagine he tripped over and got oh, oh, oh no this sort of thing's always happening to me mum dad somebody help me <laughs> but like now obviously he's, he's hard as nails and a, a, what a beauty he is this is for, oh right so go on what's the details for getting people Sorry. behind this glass panel Neil right, if you want to go into the drawer email glass Ross, panel glass panel russell at radiox.co.uk Subject line has to contain love me and then give us a reason. Russell at radiox.co.uk. Subject must contain love me. And then, Hang on, what? And in the email, you've got to say the reason you should be so behind the subject is love content. me, not love me because it's no, love, just, me. Just love me. And love the, me. Love me. The copy is your right. reason why you should be part of the why audience. Why you should be loved. Yep. Uh, full terms. Well, if people come back with all tragic stuff, which they will, because as we know, basically yeah. everyone who listens to this is mentally ill by default. Well, terms and conditions, we're the judges of that. Yeah, but that's too hard on us. What if, what if it's all what people? What if people have got genuine bereaved? problems? 
the bereaved, the troubled, the homeless. I'll be the square. Our listeners. Why don't we have a I'll simple judge. system where people bring things, presents or gifts? <laughs> <laughs> I say rush the studios. Come in hard. Oh, just do it in a bigger place. We could do it. Chris, listen, I think broken the radio. We'll do that as a practice and then we'll do one in a venue. Like we'll put on who's interested, get the numbers, then book a venue with the same size as that. Oh, why are you making them book up. venues? Don't I'm make them book after venues. After that, we'll see how this goes. You might disgrace yourself. Oh, yeah. I could always disgrace myself. It could happen. Look, there's people here saying they love the show. Thank you for this show. Try not to get banned, they're saying. You're doing so well. We're enjoying it. Uh, but listen, hold on. This is what I wanted to read to you. It's very good. I got an email here, Russell, Matt, G is from Josh. I'm a visionary artist from Reading or Reading. Don't know which because he's not capitalised it. I love the content you guys make at Radio X. That's very formal. And it's inspired me at many times. I especially love the recent show with Noel, despite the absence of G. Or perhaps because of, you brute, you pig, you brute. Now, man, joking, you're probably all right, are you? Russell, the festival you're talking about, the one where people go to work on themselves mentally, physically and spiritually, already exists. It's called the World uh-huh. Yoga Festival. doesn't already exist. I'll tell you why, because that one is wrong. Is a plethora of different yoga classes, talks on That's Vedic exactly knowledge and entertainment. Right. Yeah. The only pop. difference is you're not there with your face on the That's poster. That's right. And that is what makes this a good good festival. And I'll tell you something else. Guess who's involved in this festival? Because you can either do the glamping version where every, all the mod cons are provided and it's luxury, or you can survive in the woods like a real man on just two litres of almond milk from a variety of different brands. Ed Stafford's on board. I've already spoke to him. This festival is going to be a renaissance for Great Britain. Instead of building a utopia on an island, the island will be a period of time. I'm thinking of calling it Beyonder the Festival. Beyonder? I don't know. Is That's it rubbish. Is it, mate? Call it Yestival. Why? Because it's like positive. Hold on. That exists. That exists, Yestival. Beyonder. Where you, most festivals, you go there to get off your head. On this festival, you go there to get on your head. (laughs) What? Get on your head? (laughs) Yeah. your handstand? (laughs) You get on your head. Sausages. Sausages. You get on your head, Matt. This is where we're... Listen, like, this is... I know Ed Stafford. Karen Daly says we should call it Blessedival. No, Karen. I'm tearing up your email. That's good. I'm tearing it. Bless books It's getting torn. Oh, no. I'm putting it back together again. It's going back together. I could bless books there. They have a a massive merch stall, and then when it would rain, you go, cover the merch! (laughs) (laughs) Middle of one of your speeches. Okay, guys, now, reality doesn't exist. The merch is getting wet! (laughs) Cover it! Ed! Go and get my flypaper! Where's the flypaper, Ed? What's it called? Fly sheet. Fly sheet. Ed! Right, well, anyway, what are you saying about a man going in the woods to cheer this himself right. up? This is serious. Can I be serious for a moment? I got a fella in the woods. Well, yeah, come on, yeah, try it. Try it. Right. I got a fella. Well, I was, I was thinking oh. when I went in the woods, why was I craving that experience? I can answer that. Why? You're a twit. Okay. Now, go on. What is it? Yeah, it is that, partly. But then aren't we all? Yep. No, this is what it is. Reconnection. Yep. We've evolved to be a certain way. We live out of, you know, all the stuff we're always going on about, right? Beyond that. But more importantly, I think for male mental health, going out in the woods and just doing some wholesome stuff, not like in the scouts or the army, you can Has actually... it helped your male mental health? Yes. Honestly, you go out you there. You do look better. It is refreshing. It's a reset. Do you know why? Because you go back to simple, like, oh, I've got to do that. I've got to Reset is another fire. potential name, but it sounds food. a bit too much like rewind. Listen, but go on. No, this is my idea. Tree set. 
<laughs> the way you that. pointed at me like that, well, was, I was expecting what an you idiot would have done. to go wow, but you laughed. So I'll preset. <laughs> I considered it for a moment, but then I realised it was absolutely male stupid. mental. Health. Do you know what the biggest killer of people under fifty is? Men, ghosts, suicide. Uh, all right, then suicide. Ghosts. Gonna... <laughs> but no, uh, listen, this is serious. I'm not trying to set up some overpriced hippie festival. Nor like am I. People. Reasonably what priced. What I'm trying to set up is a sort Beyond of charity that. thing so I could try and beat Jesus himself, Jesus G, right? Mm. This is Ma- good. No, no, like, we'll men with anxiety, depression. Like, I'm, I know I'm not being exclusive to women, but it is just for men, right? There'll be another bit for women. It's good to one. have gender identity I don't think it should be men resolved. and women together because it'll just turn into a knocking shot. <laughs> 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 knock, knock, knock in the old woods. But men, right? But not like you go out there because I was a scout, you know. I know you mention it every few minutes, well, that, but It's you, not it's, that but it's not going to be like, right, everyone over here, we're going to do it. It's not going to be like that. You just go, What's it gonna be you like? turn up. I think people camp quite far apart so you can get some isolation. Beyond that. And Ed Stafford might be there teaching out a wit or something, or do you know there might be little bits like that, but it's going to be quite unstructured. You can drink if you want. No. Yep, that's what it's my my thing. Well, you do your stupid one. Well, I'm allowed a little drink. And <laughs> you were blind drunk when I arrived. I wasn't. I, I, if you're going to try and help people with their of anxiety and their mental health, you don't have drunk in the woods. Yes, that's not going to help. Is no it? Rules. The society's full of rules and stuff. They no, society's not full of rules. Look. This is a personal thing where you've given up alcohol. I haven't. They're allowed to drink. If they want to drink, you were too drunk. I'm not saying it's a you bloody... You drunk in the tent. It's not Reading Festival. And Their hands are all over me. Marching in with a 24-pack of Stella. It was like sleeping with an octopus here. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, so that's what I was thinking anyway, because I'm it's nice. It's a good idea, Matt. It can be part of Can't Beyond There's an email here, and it's someone saying... Matt's camping is the equivalent of a Girl Scout outing. Ignore that bit. <clears throat> when I was 23, I decided I wanted to see if I could survive. So I bought army surplus gear, took a 50 kilogram backpack of stuff on a train to an ancient year, uh, 400 year old woodland in the town of Leg. Maybe you say that in the Highlands of Scotland, all the way from Chelmsford, Essex. Leg. Actually, Chelmsford was right near where I was camping. I went for two weeks alone from the 29th of October to the 12th of November. Don't know why he's included the dates, but it's, <laughs> it's good proof. I will you actually scan read these them. things before you read them. So ever since you've stood up, you've Everything, started acting like listen. you're the lead presenter, and I don't like it. You're nausing right. up the emails. You're I washed up. in rivers and you're slept in a hammock. Standing like a nervous nan. That's not how people hold things. Why are you holding it at arm's length? Like I you're scared of the, the bit of paper. Microphone's in the way. It's like you're holding a firework. It's just an email. <laughs> read it. Listen, I washed trying in, to listen. I washed in it. rivers and slept in a hammock. Don't it shout, I washed in rivers like that. And with no experience. I washed in rivers. Sounded like a slam And poem. with no experience, it took, I I'm going to throw an apple at you. Are you? Yes. You're taking it there. That could bounce off me. Look how scared he was of that. <laughs> you say I'm scared of my email. You were acting like that was a hand grenade. I was ready to defend it. Look, shush a minute. People really get annoyed when you interrupt me. No, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> they like it. I get the... email after email. Look at this one here. No, I haven't finished. This is important. Keep interrupting Matt. I consider it to be the highlight. I washed in rivers! <laughs> slept in a hammock. It was raining from day one. And with no experience, it took three days to get fire going. I was suicidal at the time. And I discovered... I know how he feels. Listen to this. I discovered learning to fight for your life is the quickest way to realign your brain. Also, my trip wasn't to spite a spouse. Chris McBard. Good words so, there, Chris Well, I was McBard. thinking, that went in the bin as well when I threw that. You didn't even see it. It, it bounced off of <laughs> one of your many special Look, milks. that is proof that... Allergies. Tree Set, the new charity for depressed and anxious Beard. men... 
to go and live Can you in the think of anything worse than a bunch of tr- depressed, anxious men <laughs> failing to make a tent, <laughs> sipping lukewarm almond milk, while Matt Riff- Morgan shouts, I washed in rivers! <laughs> <laughs> No, it's going to be really um, cool. It's going to be t-shirts like with a, a little logo on. Grunge Baden Pal. That's I washed in river. It'll be loud music. It's going to actually no turn into a festival. Nasty. So yeah, you won't. You don't have a vision. That's not what you're into. You're not like me. Beyond that. Now the thing is, is I do, what I do agree with you about Matthew is it does help us connect. I think you and I connected with one another, even in the limited and let's face it, cosseted conditions that we found ourselves in. It's we minus did. one in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Not the wind I was sat in, mate, in that wigwam. Hot blast of warm fat every five seconds. <laughs> I, I say that it is a good way of uh, making connections with one another, and I do think that the issue of male mental health is very, very important. And I think well, he's serious now. Beyond that, these are some of the things we'll or be just um, making the point I just made without anyone interrupting you. <laughs> Charisma. <laughs> Set. <laughs> Nah, tree set will never work. Get a better name of that. It sounds like a school for people that couldn't concentrate properly. Tree set. It's like, oh, just put me in a tree set. Does actually. It does doesn't yeah. it? Beyond that, that's what people want. Anyway, Ed Stafford's up for being involved. I've spoken to all sorts of intellectuals, sex therapists. Everyone's going to be there. We are going to build a better sex society. Therapists. Yeah, that's just like they can help. Well, it's nice to have a. You don't go to the woods without a sex therapist, mate. You're missing half the point. All right, so listen, let's uh, create a bit of content right now. This is Juliet. My partner's daughter says, look who's up to Christmas. Whenever we go past a house with Christmas lights on it, I think she sounds like a little nan. Oh, look who's yeah. up to Christmas. Look who's up to Christmas. Look at her. It's all she Christmas up the window. name. I mean, her age, I mean. Yeah, that's true. That's boring. Talking of nans. What, are you going to do a new item? Because if you are, we're going to have a quick commercial break and then Matt's going to be back with his new item called, what is it called again? Forgotten Knowledge. Forgotten Knowledge. It's very good anyway. Hold on a sec. I'm going to really make this work. Oh no, the screen's broke. Look, all right, we'll have an advert. Then we'll be back with Matt Morgan's Forgotten Knowledge. I wish he'd forget the knowledge he does still remember, actually. Forgotten how to run the desk. Radio X. Russell Brand. That was little Sarah Creswell with her new song, I'd Like to Go on a Dicky Back Ride with You. Was it Matt? I don't know. Probably isn't such a song as called a thing like that, is there? No. Right. Well, Matt, it's time for you to try your brilliant item. Uh, what's it called again? Why can't you remember Forgotten Knowledge? Forgotten Knowledge. It's so ironic with it that ironic. I can't even remember the knowledge of the name of this item. I mean, I want people to make us more jingles. Make us more jingles. Not you, Neil, necessarily, but listeners. Anyone. Hello. Oh, oh now it's time for Matt Morgan's Forgotten Knowledge. Now, just picture me sat by a fire. All right, I'm picturing I've got it. A sausage on a stick. Oh. I turned around. Turn around. You got a hat on? Yes. Mm. Oh, hello. It's Matt Morgan here. I've got some forgotten knowledge. Kill the bed. Ugh, sounded like like sort of a furniture murder. <laughs> <laughs> Matricide. Brilliant. That's a good pun. That's a, That's a good joke. pun. Right. <clears throat> when me and my sister were bubbers and staying with our grandparents, my grandma would often take us swimming in Dover Harbour. And when we got out of the water to get dry, she would present us with a snack, such as a milky bar or a fruit wind-up, to eat as we sat on the beach, which was always referred to as shivery bites. <laughs> I believe that shivery bites are a piece of forgotten knowledge that eating food helps your body get warm. Cheers, Pat. 
Cheers, guys, from Patrick. Well done. He did quite well until the end where you nearly said, cheers, Patrick, from guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like it was I a group email. I could cheers, Patrick, for your email. But I didn't think. <laughs> let's focus on shivery bites. Ever since you, yeah, let's focus on shivery bites. It's forgotten knowledge. Because I do remember one of the many ridiculous things you spat at me at that campsite was, Yeah, hey, Russell, I've got Snickers for you. Have this little mini fun-sized Snickers. And you sort of thrust it. Not fun-sized, mate. How big was it? Standard. Normal-sized Snickers. God, bloody hell, I mean... giant. I did. I mean, I, I remember these. Oh, there it is. Oh, it. it like a tablet. <laughs> <laughs> Downed it like no, a spaceman. You, you, um, you, you know, you, you need this to keep warm. Shivery bites. And that was a shivery yeah, bite. Shivery we bites. had, so, yeah. me and Matt had a few shivery bites in that tent and we don't regret a second of it, do we, mate? <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a nice chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we won't mention that. <clears throat> Go on. Um, a bit more here. Yeah. Well, this is more forgotten knowledge. Yeah, I've got, this, I've got loads of stuff here. Go on, do it then. go for a walk, mate. <laughs> right. <laughs> I uh, forgot nan knowledge from a 91-year-old nan. If you this is from a nan? This is from well, this some, is good no, this stuff. Is text from oh. 91. Texting me. No. Oh, actually, this is on Instagram. If you can't afford a banana, just mash up a turnip and drop in a dash of banana essence. It tastes just like the real thing. Supposedly, bananas were a idea. real luxury during World War II. <laughs> no, they the were. banana essence was dirt cheap. Love the news segment. Cara. How come banana essence is so cheap? Like, where are they getting it from? If it's Bananas. the essence. Well, just have the banana then. You're mashing up a sweet. Essence was probably made before the war. Yes, we have no bananas. This is a radio item, mate, where we're talking about rationing. So our old-fashioned is our radio show just gone. We're meant to be, we do you remember when we were radical cut-and-thrust people? I used to get arrested when I was leaving the studio most weeks. Here, come this way, Mr Brand, please. Yeah, take me down, guys. You ain't built a prison that can hold me. I'll be on the prison radio in no time. Not very good radio in prison. Right. Somebody told me to... Oh, this is Radio 4 now, isn't it? Yeah, quite Someone nice recommended, impressive. someone called Gorilla Funeral. <laughs> yeah. There's an MMA, yes. Mm. MMA, whatever. We love the MMAs. Bingo! Bingo! Playing Lost, that game, bingo! Lost Crafts. That's Radio 4, isn't it? Which could almost be forgotten knowledge. Yeah. It's a book of stuff, right? Old-fashioned stuff that, you know, when old people die, we will all be lost. Well, it so won't what, be because I've got this book. So what do you like about it, mate? Well, listen to this. Lost Crafts. As a... Um, amateur beekeeper yourself, right? Yeah. I've still not took their honey. It's still in there. They're having it over the winter. Leave, Just let got, them have you it. You've got to hear this. Go Telling the bees, it's called. It was once a widespread superstition that any important family news should be shared with the bees. Telling the bees was particularly important if there was a death in the family. <gasps> if the bees were not told, it was thought that they would either die or swarm or leave their hive forever. Sometimes a set routine was followed. The teller might first knock on the hive with the key to the house, or a set phrase would be used to impart the news, such as, Bees, bees, your master's dead, and now you must work for your missus. Oh, right, so if the teller so spooks me, that hives were often draped in black cloth when there was a death in the family. The bees <clears> were invited to the funeral, right? The bees would get offended by bad behaviour in the family. See, the bees, uh, what's interesting about that? Is, I love it. No, I love it because it sounds like a little hokey madness. But like latterly, we have learned of the significance of bees in our ecological systems, and without yeah. them, there are agricultural says, crises. So, in a way, that folk knowledge was preempting scientific knowledge, telling you 
you have to honour the bees. You have to be in tune with the bees. It sounds well fashioned and daft when you recontextualise it just using the um, the vocabulary of the myth and the vocabulary of the ritual. But the function of the myth and the ritual was to tell you that the bees are doing a significant job and you have to honour them. But how this idea must have spread massively, and it was like for mm. hundreds of years this was a thing. Bees are sensitive to human behaviour and quick to take offence. Bees are said not to like bad language and will not thrive if the family that owns them is quarrelsome. Oh, they're fine, mine. I never trouble them. And we don't really quarrel. My family and me, we're getting an episode. Well, this is mental. Bees have it. also thought, been thought to be wise and pious and were once said to hum in their hives at midnight on Christmas Eve to honour the birth of Jesus. Did that, you made that last bit up, didn't I you? I was honestly in there. Yeah, all right, but but it's no, it's, it's a bit like Prince Charles saying you have to talk to your plants. You're meant at any family news, you have to go and tell your bees or you'll offend them. I like it. I like it very much. I like the idea of honouring bees. I like the idea of being in touch with nature. I like my Beyond the Festival. I think it's going to change the world. Christian Hassel, I'm a lorry driver, guys. I'm from Worcester and I recently started listening to all your podcasts way back from the early days until the present. Imagine the experience he's having now. He'll be listening to all the madness of those Radio 2 days and then he tunes in to hear you harping on about bees. I listen every day in my cab. Never fails to make me smile. I think you all build the utopia you dream of and I hope I think I think you can build the utopia you dream of and bring down capitalism in the process to a deafening chance of belly to deafening chance of belly bounce ling long ling that is a catchphrase I have a daughter about the same age as Mabel and I think you're going to be a great dad Russell my one wish would be just a shout out on the podcast to my beautiful daughter and my beautiful daughter Bo so when she grows up she can hear it herself Bo, this is your shout-out from your dad, Christian Hassel. We're shouting to you in the future, Bo. You now understand language. Your dad always loved you. And we, we are simply angel messengers, harbingers, bringing you the good work like bees in a hive, carrying the essence of a family, the sweet honey of folk knowledge carried into your mind. Yeah? Tying yeah. issues yeah. together like that? Yes. Good, wasn't it? Beyonder. Beyonder, a festival with new ideas. Most festivals you go off your head. This festival you get on your head. I'm involving a lot of good people, one of whom is Ed Stafford. He's going to be joining when us shortly. What, Ed? No, you're... Or Beyonder. It's September next year. I'm going to involve some very good people. I want you there. You can be old Ed Stafford. No, don't worry about being cold. Look, Ed Stafford you got to do it is doing summer. the camping. bit more summery. <laughs> do it at the end of all the other festivals. It's still warm in September. This is England. This is England. You remember last year? September September's was nice. It's rubbish. Now nah, September's good. That's your self-fashioned global first warming. Week of It'll September. be lovely in September. It is the first week. It's going to be the first week of September. What exactly what role do you play? Not me. Yeah. I'm the mastermind curator. Yeah, but what do you do? Like stride around in wellies? I do stride, yeah. And I'm a bit like Michael Evis. And then but I'm doing these conferences and I interview Ed. We could, we'll do a live podcast from there. It'll be fun. It'll be joy. And there'll be like one end. There's the five star glamping experience. I'll be there. And then there's the Ed Stafford experience where you do survival. You can be there. Sounds like society. You've just set up an elite no I haven't because everyone's connected but you can do what you want and new ideas will be discussing it's not necessarily an elite because some people at your end what You've got a golden toilet. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm probably going to have it. Is. I mean, let, Look, I mean, from east to west, the people in the west over that side of the cab, they have to live in a bog and <laughs> toilets on the floor. The westerners are betraying me. All the way to this end, and then I live in that. We must slay the westerners. It's not going to be... Go around that side in a sedan chair. It's voluntary hierarchalism. You could go... Or you could spend a night surviving or a night in the glamping. Okay. Do you Look, know what? There'll be so many meetings where you have to talk about... 
health and safety and blah blah blah. I'm not You'll doing them. Bored. I've got organised. I've already got the people that did the top that do all the top gear festivals and all the festivals. They're already on board. Top gear festivals. Yeah, brand events. They're already on. Brand events. Sounds like something you've set up. <laughs> it might sound like that, mate, because it is that. <laughs> and now on the phone to help us with our pipe dreams and to analyse our crazy minds, it's. The premier survivor, the Kurt Cobain of survivalism, the man that's grunged it back, that's pulled the skin right back on surviving. Oh. What's wrong with that? It's Ed Stafford. All right, Ed, how's it going, mate? Hello, Russell. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. I'm here with Matt. We're uh, on the radio right Hi, now. Hey, mate. Don't be all over him, Matt, like that. You can not know it's quite standoffish. <laughs> Hello, mate. It wasn't standoffish. You were gushing. Your little bobby socks are all too keen. Ed, what did you make of our videos of that survival experience? Pretty impressive, wasn't it? It was pretty hardcore, I thought. Yeah, the gatto, especially. Um, a <laughs> lot of calories. A lot of calories. That'll keep us going. That'll calories. keep us going. Where was you with them chickens, by the way, in the video that you sent back, which we in were very impressed garden, with? My, uh, my wife's a bit of nuts <clears throat> for um, animals, and so we've got chickens and ducks and quails and dogs and cats and all sorts. So we've uh, got a little, little uh, sort of... Um, Menagerie, is it called? Yeah, could call it a menagerie, could call it a small old inn. We're going to do a survivor experience, aren't we, Ed? <clears throat> we'll obviously bring Max. He looked down. Even when I said that, he looked at his hands in a worried way. So me, you and Matt should do some survivor yeah. weekend. We'll film yeah. it for some sort of like online TV thing, will we? Or for Radio X. Just yeah. Depends who's got the most bunts, doesn't it? Depends who's got the most <laughs> bunts. We can't just be like, Ed's got to give us some pointers and then let us try and do it on our own. What do you think about that, Ed? Is Matt right? Well, I, I think so. Running. I mean, we, I was chatting to Matt um, about it off off air, and he was saying, well, maybe it should be some sort of hunted thing whereby you get, you know, survival skills and you build them up and then you try and escape and avoid them. And I was like, fuck, that might, we might be getting a little bit... Um, a little Trust bit you to get it all dark, I, I was a spe- a, a, a <laughs> You scrambling through the woods with your almond milk in a nip flask. Basically saying, <laughs> chase me, chase me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it boiled down to. Ed, why don't you just chase me through the woods? I'll be naked, you'll be naked. We don't need to film I want to see Russell suffer and I want to see what he's made of. I'll suffer every time yeah, I do I this show. Just the survival will be enough. Trust me. Right. Just being, just being, having to find your own food and keep yourself yes. warm and dry and light a fire and all that stuff is plenty, plenty. I reckon. You see that thing I said earlier about when you when one improvises ignition tools, for example, like that. You know, the Vaseline-soaked cotton ball. It's just as yeah. complex as having a lighter. So the things you do, you do it with literally with nothing. Is that what you're going to make me and Matt go through? Just take us to a wood somewhere, and we're going to have to just start fires made. You know. With I don't know what did you call them band saws or something. Bow, bow saws. Saw, uh, yeah, well, bow drill. Bow drill. Um, it's actually not that hard, Russell. To be honest, um, I I spent my first half of my sort of expedition career taking the Mickey out of um, people who were geeky enough to, you know, to be practicing this sort of uh, old art of fire by friction, and then and now it's my career, and and literally I just employed somebody who was uh, based out in Gloucestershire who who. Um, you know, he literally used to sit in front of the TV watching Star Trek, practicing, practicing his bow drill techniques until he, he was a sort of almost world master. And he taught me, and um, it's a really lovely skill to have. I love it. But yeah, literally, you can go into the woods even at this time of year when it's uh, when it's freezing cold and all the woods damp, and grab a couple of bits of wood, put it together, and. Uh, and make fire, which is quite cool, actually. Now you're a family man, though, Ed. Are you as f- are you as freewheeling with your time and with wandering off into the woods? Won't don't your family, your missus, yeah, your cats, your quails, all get a bit well, peeved? Well, 
My wife has just announced her next expedition to, to kayak down the Essequibo uh, today and launched her website and stuff. That better so, not uh, be a euphemism. She's going to kayak down the Essequibo. Essequibo is the third longest river in South America, and so she'll oh be away God. for eight, eight weeks um, doing that, which is a massive expedition. So I'm literally just doing dad duty for um, eight weeks and have taken You're time. A family of adventurers. How did you meet we- each other swinging on a vine like Indiana Jones? <laughs> <laughs> she um, she googled me asking me for a bit of advice. Well, she emailed me asking for me for a bit of advice, mm. and happened to mention that she was a former model. And so I googled her. Shallow. <laughs> she was quite fit, so I thought, yeah, I'll give her some advice. So I did. And you actually um, love each other now, and you're married, and you've got a baby, yeah, well, yeah, and that's yeah. that. And you're off yeah. the market. Just learn to accept it, Matt. So that's brilliant. <laughs> you're in a like you're in a happy marriage and the adventure of family life. See, the thing is, when I interviewed Ed on Under the Skin, we went deep. We went well deep. If you listen to that podcast, yeah. yeah. Well, so you, you I was out there living in the woods. You can't bear to hear me and Ed just cracking on, can you? No. Simpering, <laughs> sulking about it. Like, one of the things I really liked is when you talked about the three different brains. There's a brain that we have in our gut. That's the biggest brain. There's a brain we have in our heart that's the next brain then there's the rational mind which the aboriginals use the same word for a tangled net for because it's a logical mess of a mind that we in our cultures live in constantly trapped in cognitive static tell us that bit again what's it called that word nandupuru nandupuru um yeah, I mean, they they would use the same word to describe yeah a fishing net that's tangled beyond repair, and they just think that we overcomplicate our lives by using what they see as a, as a tool. You know, the, the logical brain is a tool. It's what's mm. used to analyze stuff on its way out, and you know, all of their decisions, all of their life is originates in the gut and the instincts, which is the biggest brain, gumbalunya, um, and then the heart and the emotions are the first filter as it comes out. And that's what's that Gupanyang. word? What's it called? Um, Gupanyang. Gupanyang. And then um, as it comes out, it, uh, it gets processed through the, the logical brain. And, the, and, the, and the, the, they, and I, I, again, I am summarizing to a large extent, but a lot of Western uh, complications and illnesses and disconnect and all sorts, they think, comes from the fact that they're literally using the wrong brain to live their lives. And, and the disease is thinking that you're your logical brain. Yeah. There's no doubt that technology and medicine and a great many scientific advances have improved life. But the fact that they are housed within an economic system that's built upon hierarchy and repression of certain aspects of our nature is doubtless having an incredible effect on the mental health of people, the ecology of our planet, all of these things yeah. negatively affected by the lack of balance, the lack of integrity between these free intelligent systems that's why we need that you've just that. described that's why we need beyonder now ed and i have already discussed the idea of a festival where people come together not to get off their head but to get on their head and experience on their head to get together <laughs> to get <laughs> together all right to get in your head it doesn't matter the point is is where you go to talk about ideas that could genuinely change society now one end of it, it could be proper craft ideas about creativity and art and and the other end, like survival skills, and the other end, intelligence and philosophy, but not philosophy in the rarefied atmosphere and vocabulary of academia, philosophy the way that we talk about it, the way Ed talks about it, blokes philosophy, for geezers that can actually oh, change the idea. world. There's booze, knives, axes, oh, fire. Oh no, that just sounds like Altamont. I've already had that festival <laughs> into the 60s. <laughs> 
booze, knives and fire. You can't have that. I mean, I'm not stopping you doing your own festival, but I just want one. Instead of what I've done is, right, the idea of, of creating an island utopia is too complicated. The utopia exists already within us. Let's manifest it by bringing like-minded people together to learn. And me and you, we're sort of different characters, Matt, but I think we could have a good time at this festival and it wouldn't even be drinking drugs are banned and I wouldn't be like some overlord king. It would be a democratic process and it's a good way of testing it because it's only a weekend. Now, if by the Sunday night I've like <laughs> been carried around on a sedan chair holding a scepter <laughs> and trying to make Ed into some sort of henchman, then we'll, we'll know we've got problems. No, I, I don't think supportive. it will be like I am that. supporting that. Beyonder. Or the word for heart in Aborigine. Those are the two potential names so far. What's that word? I think it's a lovely idea. I really do. I think, you know, there is... You know, the more blokey blokes like that were into their fire and stuff like that, but they'll be they'll be drawn in by the survival stuff and um and then without being all too hippie about it, the the other stuff is 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 actually more important, isn't it, really? The reconnecting, the uh the, See, you know, Matt Shake said of that yourself. because he's got over ideas of masculinity, which you don't, you know, that sort of, I don't know that you're sort of a perplexing to you, but you don't seem any at all troubled by that. You built the fire brilliantly. You set the tent up brilliantly. And what Ed's saying is, is that those things are just outward manifest- manifestations of being in a state of connection. <clears throat> I've obviously got like, I'd need to learn all of that stuff, but I want to learn all sorts of things. I want to learn jujitsu. I want to learn Spanish. I'd like to learn how to play an instrument. What, in a weekend? All, no, <laughs> just over the next <laughs> 10 years, really. But no, I'm just right. saying, like, it'd be good to bring, sort of like a cultural festival that's hopefully not too determined by economics. A bit of it's a little bit like Burning Man, but Burning Man is deeply hedonic and yeah, deeply about l- getting off your head. And like, uh, obviously, them days are, are gone for me. And that's sort of, I'm interested in creating genuine structures, genuine development of who we are as people, genuine connection, that kind of stuff. What are you saying, Ed? I think it's a, it's a lovely plan. And I, I, I mean, I came to it to be honest, from a quite cynical attitude, I was ex-military, I was a captain in the army, and I couldn't have been more anti, you know, hippie sitting cross-legged with joystick smoking and and meditating. I would have laughed at myself if I'd said it was a key part of my life um, not long ago, and yet I think it's it's making it accessible, and I think that's why this festival is a really good idea, because it's, it's bringing people in to have fun, to have a laugh, you know, to learn some bushcraft skills, to sleep in a shelter that you've made yourself, but actually to learn something a bit deeper as well, which I think is um, amazing. Yeah. Oh, Ed, thanks for coming on here and being so optimistic with us. And thank you for humouring us with our, uh, with our attempts at survival. Surviving, basically, in a pre-established camp- campsite with an award-winning landlady serving us a delicious breakfast next to a gateau. That was uh, basically the conditions that we survived in. But we will go on. And I, <clears throat> I suppose what the next challenge will be trying to strip back the homoerotica from our weekend of survival. <laughs> Matt seems no, determined we're gonna to do something. We're going to do something Proper. I want to do are we going to wait proper. until the spring or are we going to do this when it's cold? Oh, yeah, let's wait for spring, Ed. Get it together, you coward. We're doing it in bleak midwinter. Naked. Christmas Day. Christmas Day right. itself. We're marching out of the house. We're going to kick okay. your wife's kayak over and we're going to the woods. <laughs> All right. Nice one, All Ed. Right, sorted. Yeah, Cheers, nice man. one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Don't try and act all normal with Ed. I'll see you, Ed. Cheers, mate. You've been bothering him all week. Now let's get the let's get the adverts on, shall we? And then we'll come back and we'll wrap up. This is all one big advert for your stupid festival. Shut up. Russell Brand. Radio X. Is who's this? They've given us a deal. Eat real organic veggie straws. Delicious. Probably quite fatty though. Are they giving us a deal? What are they doing here? 
Don't ain't giving us a deal. Give us Why a don't deal. we have a sponsor? We could be rolling in money. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do this in the after show meeting. The big bosses oh. have been so pleased with our uh, Just progress. have it all out there. Look, what do you mean? Have everything out there? Have a sponsor. Get it all out. That's how you make <clears throat> money out of this stuff. All right, all right. Doesn't have to be, you know, some sort of... All right, Donald <laughs> Trump! <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? Bit of content? I just look. You you were quite good with the fire, right? Yeah. Are you interested in a wood burning stove in your house? Because whole trade fireplaces. Oh, no, no, no. Want to give you a wood burning oh, stove? God. That's Do you, they? not me. You have a wood I'm burning stove. I'm the middleman. <laughs> I'm the middleman. <laughs> I can't have a wood burning stove. I'm renting. Imagine <laughs> I hack that into the building. Yeah, I know. They didn't even like it when you hung one of your skulls on the wall or whatever yeah. it was you were doing in your. Palace of Goth Wonder. Right. Well, whole trade fireplaces. Stop talking about Hull. Oh, it's a lovely little mum and pop, whatever <laughs> they call it, in Hull. Ugh. Yeah, see, Gareth, you're from Hull. Support local businesses. Well, it is local if you're in Hull. All right, nice. Get one of them woodbutters. Shut up, I've got some actual content. Gemma Cook. Hi, guys. My nana is convinced that putting conkers... This is actual nan knowledge. Right, I'm doing my own items. No, this is my item. I'm doing it. I'm better than you. I forgot about that one. Much better. This is a good one. I can't believe you let this slip through the net. Hold on. Oh, no, that's not what I meant. Oh, no, it's wrong. Hold on, I can do this. I can do it. Come on. Get off there. Get off. Forgotten knowledge, by the way. Hold on, I'm doing it. What is it called? Forgotten knowledge of the nans. Get on there, you little cow. Get in now! Oh, it's so off difficult to operate these switches. Right, you've told me before. Don't have other things on the touchscreen. As soon right. as we talk about forgotten knowledge, you forget uh-huh. how to use the system. I know, it's weird. It's like voodoo on me. Hello, I'm Russell Brand. Here is this thing what I do. It's called Nan's Knowledge. Gemma Cook says, My Nan is convinced that putting conkers in the corner of the rooms of your house stops spiders. Gets in the way, doesn't it? Putting conkers in the corner of the rooms of your house stops spiders and woodlice, or greybacks, as she calls them. That's a weird thing to call woodlice, isn't it? Oh, Kepler. Well, cheesy bugs. Cheesy bugs. Hmm. Oh, there's greybacks. even weirder, because they have got greybacks. They've got nothing to do with cheese. Who's done that? Your family? No, that was Greybacks is sinister. We've talked about this on the radio oh, before. Sorry. Where yeah, I'm from, house. people call woodlouses or woodlice rather cheesy bugs. We call them roly polies. There's a roly poly over there. <laughs> You've seen those roly polies? <laughs> I see a greyback earlier. I saw a cheesy bug. Well, you should all get out. Greybacks, this nan calls them. She's so adamant that it works, putting conkers in the corners, that she makes my old granddad go conker picking every year. And when the when conkers get old, they stop working, in inverted commas. I've Not heard con- this before. It's, conkers be in the corner of the room, which just gives them something to do, I suppose. <clears throat> Horse chestnuts. All right, go on. What were you going to do then? So that's a bit of that money and man knowledge. Well, that's very good. Um, a little while ago, I think it was on the previous show, maybe the one before it, uh, I mentioned the most English thing that had ever happened, which was Morrissey and Alan Bennett thing. Yeah. And you didn't even, even recall it. Well, hey, Matt, the Morrissey-Alan Bennett thing is from the Radio 2 days. You had James Corden on the phone who had met Alan Bennett. Bennett told him a story about Morrissey. Alan was sitting in his front room drinking a cup of tea, looked out the window and saw Morrissey posting a letter. Wow. Morrissey saw Alan, knocked on his door, and Bennett said, I recognised him from, you know, stuff. And Alan invited him in for a cup of tea, and Morrissey went in. He then asked if he could come back again. Alan said yes, and Morrissey came That is back. so English. Oh, Morrissey came back with a notepad and questions and set about interviewing him. Very English, very English, that. That's from Sneefy Joe. Thanks, Sneaky Joe. Now, Sneefy. we've simply got to allow these people in. Who are you? Where are you from? Come in. Come in. Where are you from? Where are you from? Oh, hi, Russell. Hello. 
sorry, lovely. I'm just come in. Tour. Where are you from? This what country? A, sorry, we come for our channel. You're Chinese, get in here. Yes. Right, well, Chinese well, people are here. Yeah. Doing a radio show with the Chinese. Welcome the Chinese, everyone. How's it going? You're on tour from China, are you? Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. I'm you're, sunny. You're sunny and you're a Chinese person. You're on tour. Why are you on tour here? Uh, we, we are in region's country, uh, the short course, studying. You're studying? Yes. Short course. Yes. Oh, you're on a course. short course. What in? Media and radio? Mm-hmm. We've come to the right place, uh, Chinese women, mostly women. Chinese women, you've come to the right oh, place. Girls, girls, not women. Girls, girls. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow, they're actually laughing. This is brilliant. Okay, Chinese girls and women, we're very happy to have you here because you have, by good fortune, ended up in the best radio show in Britain. Yeah. I suppose... I'm I'm a very important English person, probably the most important English person. Now, go back to your culture, to your towns, your villages, your cities, whatever it is you live in, and report back that you met Russell Brand. Can you say that, please? You're so fast. Oh, yes. That's one of the things they say about me. <laughs> uh, this is the Russell Brand. Even for English people, I speak too quickly. Yeah, this is one of, yeah, the, yeah. one of the many complaints that this radio show receives. You're very like uh, uh, the... Cross-talker in Cross-talker in China? Yes. What do you mean by that? Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the talk show. Oh, what is cross-talker? Yeah, talk show. Is it a successful show, a good show in China? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it's not, is it? Yeah. You can tell. This is Matt Morgan. Hello. Hello. In China, do you... Matt, Matt Morgan... <laughs> said I was so handsome. Did you, oh, no way. Did you say he's so handsome? Who said that? Mm-hmm. This lady here. Did you? I like your, I, I like your style. You like my style, but you think he's handsome. <laughs> you're Sunny, and you're the leader of the Chinese I'm girls. Sunny, yeah. How old are you, please? Uh, <laughs> Why are all these questions so loaded? Eighteen forever. Eighteen forever, because I introduced you as Chinese women, but you very deliberately said we are Chinese girls. So we're learning a lot. How is uh, how is China? Everything good in China right now? Or is there is there many economic crises? How is production going well? Uh, let me think. Ah, we need to translate. Oh, you need to since is well, China good. Yeah. Yeah. So you're here to do a short course in media. Uh, Radio. Do you love me? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, we love you. We love China. We love everything about it. And if there is at some point a geopolitical collision between China and Europe and Western democracies, I'd like to state now in advance that China is a good place yes. and I could be an ambassador, yes. an important yes. ambassador. Sunny and your gang of Chinese women. Thank you very much. Let's hear it for China, everyone. Yeah. The Chinese people. China. The concept of it, the place itself. Now what's happening? You're doing some photos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, they've stayed. They're out staying. They're welcome. No, they're out staying. Take a picture, please. Yeah, take the picture. Okay. Do what you've yeah, you got to do. Go, Come go, on. Go, go. Well, you're all coming round here? Yeah. Come on. Yes. Oh, they're all coming round. <laughs> the Chinese people are coming round. You, do you want it? Right, I'm going to stand very still. This is good. Right, here we go now. I take out my card. Have you, I, hold on a minute, I'm a film star. Yeah. P- the Chinese women. <laughs> Have you seen any of my films? I'm an important, very important oh. film star. Uh, you need to name them. <laughs> Arthur, <laughs> the film Arthur. Forgetting Sarah Ma- 
Despicable Me too, and one. No, no, nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. focused on the picture. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I can sing your Chinese Chinese folk uh, mu- uh, music. I'm just shouting at Chinese the Chinese people. Sing Chinese folk music. My critics. Ah, right. Folk music. Oh, so she said she yeah? can sing Chinese folk music. All right, sing yeah. some Chinese. Chi- All right, that'd be nice. And now, yeah. instead of talking about myself okay. to some Chinese people, okay. some Chinese folk music. Yes. Go on then, do it in that microphone, mate. Go on, Chinese folk music. Deciding which one to sing. They're going to do it. They're deciding on the track. And na- They're just deciding it. And now on Radio X, Chinese folk music. Get that on your playlist. <laughs> do your Chinese folk music then. Are you going to do it? Yes, they're going to do it. That's Chinese. Chinese, that was. Now, come on, do your Chinese folk music. You can leave it in. It's Chinese, Neil. <laughs> Chinese folk music. Go on then. Yeah, Chinese name. All right, go on. Yeah. Wow! Chinese culture, Chinese folk music, Chinese folk music here on Radio X. I think that's going to be going up. That was actually very beautiful. Very beautiful and very connected. Thank you for sharing the gift of Chinese culture with us. What a magical moment. Thank you. Thank you for bringing them as well, these Chinese people that you've brought to us, a lady that works here. Thank you for coming. Cheers. Now, you must get out. <laughs> you must get out so I can end the show. Yes, okay, okay. Stop hovering around. Goodbye, bye-bye. everyone. Bye-bye, bye-bye, okay. Sunny, the Chinese woman. Okay. Or Thank girl, for her own that definition. Was that was beautiful. That was magical. Do you know Song Zuying? No, oh, no, no. Who is it? Oh, yeah. Don't just leave us on a like weird <laughs> hanging question. Do you know Song Zuying? No, we don't. Yes, Famous singer in China. See, look, we need to learn more about Chinese culture. I've always said this. If this cultural collision happens, you lot are in trouble. Remember me in case there is an Armageddon. All right? (laughs) See you later, Sunny. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, mate. See you later. Okay. Wow. That was pretty interesting, wasn't it? We had a Chinese folk song. When she did that, that was incredible. Like, see, folk art is important. Like, if I was in China doing a tour of a radio station... And I, and I had to just go like, knees up, mother brown, knees up, mother brown. <laughs> I don't say we must go, E-I-E-I-E-I-O. What would you do? Like, what would you drop if you had to demonstrate English we culture? Do a very moving, amazing grace. Go on in. <clears throat> no. Oh, amazing grace. I mean, anyway, we were looking for a conclusion to the show because Mr. G ain't here. But what we got is some Chinese women just turned up and were like really sort of like an amazing animated force, weren't they? The way they They're came beautiful. in. That singing, they didn't care less. I mean, it was a lovely moment where I shouted the names of my films at them. But we've also got... There was got a bit where you were going, get out, and I thought you were going to mention Tibet. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Oh, that would have been good and bad and embarrassing because I don't mind shouting get out of Tibet to the political concept of Chinese occupation, but saying it to some actual Chinese people, there's probably complexities that I don't understand, I'm guessing, I think an around the issue. The thing is to mm. never confuse people with their governments. I think that's really important. Never. Because people go, oh, Americans, Bloody when Americans, you invaded Iraq. Your wife's British. American. I know, but, well, yeah, that's the last acceptable form of racism, the Americans. There's no other forms of acceptable racism. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. I'm not saying it should be. You've got to stop it. Sometimes it's embarrassing to watch telly and people look like... Go, bloody Americans. Mind yeah. you, I do it in my show. But even that is ironic and it is followed by the idea that the nation is a concept. But it's a construct. Shouldn't, we should, no one should go, oh, yeah, what about when the Americans mean in the... No, the American government did that. The British government, the Chinese right. government. It's nothing to do with us people. We're all right. We're just a bunch of people singing folk songs, trying to get along. Now, Gareth Roy, the producer of this show, has very kindly written a haku... About the show. Uh-huh. Is it a limerick or a haku? It's a limerick. He's written a limerick. Now, in the absence of Mr. G, who's... All right. It's not a haku. Now, G's off being kind and uh, supporting spidtheatre.com. Jesus. Jesus. Might call him it if you want. I am bothered. Now, which is something the true Jesus would say. So, we're going <clears> to <throat> summarise the show now in the form of a poem. Uh, and, and in honour of G, who's doing great work as an ambis- ambassador, I think, of this show. Yes. So now, Mr. Gareth Roy from Hull, England, is going to demonstrate his culture down your ears. Let's hear it. <clears throat> there once was a poet named G, mm-hmm. whose charity work made him an absentee. Good. Ooh. We're now even bigger fans, so much that we're firming at the gams. <laughs> <laughs> Great catchphrase. So let's reunite with a couple of Adagio tea. Don't Ooh. drink Adagio teas. He well done, Gareth. brilliant. Got you after some free stuff. That was absolutely amazing. Was well brilliant. done. What an, in, what an incredible piece of rhyme. What an incredible moment when Chinese people come in here. What a great show in general. What a brilliant host. What a great man. What a terrible sidekick, though. Now, you were brilliant on this radio show, Matt. You did really, really well, I think. It was a moment where we drifted into some real Radio 4 territory. But even that may have a That's method look, postmodern. We're getting older. Just go with it. Just accept it. Just accept the gradual deterioration of ourselves and our content. Well, coming up in a minute is Gordon Smart. Uh, followed by, who knows, you'll wander out. Craig Foster, former Luton Town <laughs> centre-back. <laughs> maybe maybe he'll wander out. I don't know. I don't know anything about football. That's a whole world of humour. Like, when you say yeah. things like that. You don't I'm get the sort of immediate move. reference. But it's sort of just like referencing from, from, you know, sort of TV shows in the 80s, I suppose. All right, okay then, so should we wrap this up? Thanks for listening to us. Remember to join in our competitions. Remember to send us your emails. We need your content more than ever. Perhaps G will be back next week. We've got all sorts of friends of the show now. We're accumulating and acquiring them left and right. Whether it's um, royalist commentators and historians like Robert or uh, Ed Stafford, who's teaching us to survive in our own mad minds, or... You know, just that's not really. We love you. Stay with us. Keep with us. Bye. Russell Brand. This is Radio X. I'd like to go with the dicky back ride with you. Well, how do you explain what just happened? I love that show. <clears throat> it went went all over the place. Yeah. In a good way. But I would like to say. Go on. My um idea shouldn't be in competition with your idea. I don't. I'm not trying to. Maybe mine could be a little... You there's one area own. of your thing. That's right. Which is like... I love that idea. Helping people. Men with mental health is a big issue. Just to get a reset. Just to go... Right, to go... Don't worry about what's going on in your life. No one's going to tell you what to do. Just come out here. 
if you have think a about fire, it, Matt, sleep if, you, in, you if know, this nature. is the sort of festival that you would go to, beyond then uh, it shows that it's got real range because you don't want just hippie lycra, although we do want the hippie lycra people, but we also want the survivors. We also want Chinese women. But don't also we? we want... And men. Well, and people who wouldn't normally go to something like that because otherwise it would just turn into yummy mummies with yoga mats. Hold on a second. Talk me through the yummy mummy version. <laughs> no, no. We want all sorts of people. We want a device festival. When I was chatting, as I always do, to my mates, the builders in the house, Saul, Paul, Adam, and connecting what? on an That's equal a bit level. Biblical. That's right. I don't know. They're drawn to me. Drawn to me because I'm a biblical figure. Don't know. No, don't know. They're what biblical, that is. not you. Yeah, but they're drawn to Saul me. Saul and Paul. You don't have meet other people called Jesus, do you? Except the city player. See, because it's that you don't do it. It's disrespectful, right? So, um, <clears throat> so uh, anyway, like I have to explain to them the sort of ideas that I'm into in that. Oh, they love it. Why do you have to explain it to them? They're builders. They don't care. They're just doing hi guys. How's that flooring going? Uh, Delightful stuff. Good timber. Good timber. So Will you, it be okay when the pipes reality. expand? Yeah, the oh, winter months are coming up, and I, if I know my timber, <laughs> I think to hell I bloody well do. You do that, don't you? You go Wood upstairs contracts. and Google it, and then he comes down and goes, I hope we don't get a frost this year, because then the old uh, the well, expansion, which is... Uh, those uh, well, those planks will contract. They'll shrivel up like a mutt's nuts. I reckon when builders do things like that, because <laughs> they, they know how to do that, they right. probably look at you and think, why are you not doing this yourself? Well, that is the great question, isn't it? Because some of the things, the list has expanded beyond construction projects and towards things that anyone who wasn't bone idle would do themselves. Can you oh, put up move a shelf? that over there? No, I can't operate a drill. I couldn't put in a raw plug. I should learn all stuff like that. You should know how to do it's, stuff. I know you should know that. to live in the world. Yeah, I know, but mate, you've got to see me presenting an improvised comedy show or it's something to be behold. No, I'm not taking anything away from you. You are my pride, my dignity, my grace. <laughs> Imagine you lived in a house where all the shelves and all the fixtures and You'd things have would to be learn. done by yourself. It'd be good. It would be well, a It'd be nice feeling. Hold on, because I did do something once, and I remember looking at it and thinking, I'd done that. Oh, yeah, that was it. I painted the baby's room. Oh, wow. Well, I did a drawing of the baby's room after it had been painted <laughs> by someone else. And in my depiction, there were many more lilacs. No, yeah, I did paint the baby's room. And, coats. Uh, hmm? How many coats? Well, I just wore the one, but it was a very <laughs> chilly day. <laughs> um... No, like uh, a few up on the ceiling on a stick thing, him, yeah. down on the ground. Then me and Laura got locked in a cupboard. I mean, you say cupboard, it was a pantry. Let's call it what it was. Let's not pretend that I'm not bourgeois. Got locked in a pantry and I had to smash my way out of a La Cousette Do you ever lid. use the word supper? No, do you? No. It never I, comes up. Never what come time up. are you meant to have it? What like, is, seemed, that? is it tea? after dinner, isn't it? I used to call it, it tea. Yeah. But it's but now dinner. Supper, that's late. Yeah, that's like a... And, evening. and some things from north to south, they have different class relations. Well, I think we've talked about this before, but did you? I used to have breakfast, dinner, and tea. Yeah. And then, but now it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner more. People no, say that more. Dinner. What's for Come dinner? in, have your dinner. Because we've got to go and have dinners. Me tea. I mean, go God, have me we've tea. talked about this fucking millions of times. Yeah, of course we have. There's no point in talking about it. And there's no point in trying to build up class edifices, trying now, to bring though? these barriers down. Do you ever say, what's for tea? But you I don't. say, Jeeves. You better bring that shit in here lively, <laughs> unless you're on a karate chop in the windpipe. But, sir, it's half past three in the morning. Jeeves, what have I told you about your uniform? I'm not wearing that wetsuit in the house, master. You bloody well will. And cut that gusset out. Mm. <laughs> a wetsuit with a cut-out gusset. There's nothing more British than that. There's nothing... I shouldn't let just myself express myself, should I? No, of course not. I've told you this. <laughs> We should <laughs> stuff come out. Should we do some news stories? We didn't do any on, in the actual show. 
<clears throat> and now, like, hold on, let me announce you like this. And now, with some new stories, is Matt Morgan. He's going to give us his wily, sideways view of stories Actually, in the news. this is interesting. It's about fear, right? Surprising number of adults are still scared of the dark and check for monsters under their bed. Did we not talk about this? No. 64% of British adults admit they're still scared of the dark, Russell, according to a new study. I don't study. admit that. Are you, are you scared of the dark? No, not the dark or the light. I'm, I'm not like scared of any of those conditions. I'm happy with it. I go and so within with transcendental meditation, or I read this the other day, because there's a point with meditation where you will see the inner world as the light, and when you open your eyes, you'll see it as a dark place. You'll sort of think, wow, where's the illumination? Where's the glory? I like that idea. Just read it the other day. Go on, carry on then. I still saw you with a torch at our campsite, so <laughs> we'll see. It's spooky out there. Bug hunting his Researchers discovered that nearly two thirds of the nation dislike putting the lights out at bedtime. What? And many as one in five, 20%, we know what that means, of the 2,000 adults polled said they regularly check under the bed for lurking monsters. That's because of the John Lewis advert. Last night, Cohen came into our room and because it was windy, he said, there's things climbing up the wall outside, right? Oh, I don't know. Because it was like the noise of the rattling or whatever, right? And so Katie said to him, and I remember half asleep thinking, I'm an idiot, right? (laughs) (laughs) When I was, when I was, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I camped completely alone after you left, yes, right? It was storm. It was it was a storm. It was raining, and the, the thing was going, and it did sound like people were shaking my tent. And there was deer there, and then, and also the worst were thing was, deer? Were, yes, there were, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I heard in the distance. I swear to God, I was chopping wood, and I heard like, and it was like a demented what? person in the It was like, I've got gonorrhea. Matt Morgan's giving me gonorrhea in a clearing in the woods. It was I'm Russell only supposed a, to be a rare here. moment of honesty. I've got gonorrhea. <laughs> no, it was a human voice. I was right? at home. It was a human voice in the distance. I thought, and I my it was amazing. My like properly like felt like I was, you know, like when your adrenaline goes oh. boom, and I was like, right, I'm ready for this. <laughs> I waited, I Yo, froze. For this. Oh, going to right, <laughs> I'm coming out there. <laughs> and then, and I really got scared, and I was like, oh, right, don't worry. It's all right. If it was the daytime, you wouldn't be scared that it was a human approaching. And then I, it happened again, and I realised it was a distant scramble a motorbike. It was going... Like that. Everything in your world sounds like an idiot trying to explain something. Well, I don't yeah. want to know why that is. But my point is, right... When I thought of uh, Cohen being an idiot for f- for fearing that stuff, only a few days earlier in a slightly You've different situation, I've been situation. in a, where your, ima- your imagination's powerful and mm. it sort of adds all this extra mm. stuff. So in that tent, I still had to go, you're fine. You know, gonna but be the okay. only thing I was scared of wasn't animals or anything. It was people, like someone yeah. weird coming out of the woods and going, what are you doing there, mate? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> mate. I'll shoot this by your fire. You are the thing you're scared of. Well, a no, weirdo you know in a clearing in the woods. I thought I'm the scariest me. thing for miles around. Well, that's true, in a, in a sense. Sat there clutching me All right, Matt, Matt Morgan, the scariest thing for miles <laughs> around. No question about that. All right, so we can wrap this up now. We've fulfilled our obligation. Keep listening to this podcast. Enter the, co- enter the competitions. We love you very much, whoever you are and whatever it is you need. Look down at your hand right now. That's your hand. We love you. We love you in that hand. We don't even care what colour it is, how many fingers there are on it, if it's got jewels on it or not. We love you. For a man with anxiety or depression or boredom or just wanderlust or anything, get in touch. Beyond Beyonder. Reset. Beyonder. Russell Brand. Radio X.